0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner.
2: And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson.
1: Well, we have an interesting show tonight.
2: Yes, we do. Yes, we do.
1: And, Brian, this is something that a lot of people, they need to hear this show tonight. They need to know that, guess what, they can love better. They can do this.
2: Yes, you know the word love is such a universally used word. So many people use it, and so many people think they know the meaning of the word. You know, if you ask somebody, you can ask ten different people what love means to them, and I guarantee you'll get ten different answers. <laughs> and so, when we talk about the topic tonight of how to love better, you know, I've, and I'm sure our guests will talk about this, we first have to know what the word love. Is and what it means. Mhm,
1: mhm. Uh, you know, I can. I remember back in the old days when you didn't hear about divorces. And I, I, I really don't think a lot of people today really know what love means in a relationship right now, Brian. The, the younger relationships, you see people getting divorced six months, seven months into a marriage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you stick it out, whatever that problem was. That's love. If you stick that thing out and you can overcome that, then you know, even in those bad times your bond is, your bond is being strengthened and your character is being built and you really learn more and more about each other when you're going through I'm trying to go out and create situations now to to do this, but what is it that's so bad that a couple can't stay together? And those are some of the things that we definitely want to touch on tonight with our guests. And, Brian, I was sharing with her before the show, we are talking about Obama and, and, I'm sorry, President Obama, and we were talking about how black families are starting to um, be put out a little bit more into the media. And our guest and her husband is doing some awesome, awesome things, we'll talk about that. And, Brian, we're going to bring them back on at another show, And I'm, not, I'm sorry, not another show, but another time in May. Uh, we're going to schedule that, and we're going to let everybody know when they're coming back on so everybody can listen and learn how to love better from both sides, Brian. We get the perspective from the male and the female, and I'm excited about that.
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, let's bring our guest on because I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to learn. I have my pen and pad. There it is. And uh, I want to bring her on because I want to I get started. Our tonight's special guest is best-selling author, Linda Dominique Grosvenor. and Linda is the founder of Princess Dominique Multimedia, and she founded in 2006. And she launched the publishing division with her nonfiction book for singles, "A Plural Thing: Spirituality," Pre- or I'm sorry, spiritually preparing for your soulmate in April of 2007, which was met with an energetic reception from a ready audience. On the heels of her acclaimed collection of poetry a love lingers to which black issues book review found um sorry i cannot read this my eyes are so bad now uh it says black issues book review touted her an apprentice of language she is slated to release body language her sophomore collection that poetry lovers across the u.s have been anxiously anticipating Currently seeking well-written fiction titles for possible publication. You hear that? Let me say that again. Currently seeking well-written fiction titles for possible publication. So if y'all out there, if y'all got publications that are well-written, if you have fiction titles that are well-written, notice the term well-written. I'm going to emphasize that. She is seeking those for her new multimedia company, which will re release Grovenor's sixth novel, The Hamptons, the first book in a three part chick lit style version in mass market paperback. This will be the third book in the company's 2007 lineup. Now, I apologize to her for just jacking up her introduction, but we still welcome her to the show, Miss Linda Dominique Grovenor.
0: Good evening. Good evening. How are you tonight? We're
1: doing good. We're doing good. Love better. Love yes. Better.
2: And, Linda, to, you have to forgive me for not being able to see here. I just switched computers, having some technical difficulties, and the resolution on this one computer is not as good as the one that I'm usually using. So
0: that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. We survive. We're here.
1: <laughs> we're we're we're. Hopefully, we won't get knocked off the air because we are going through some really, really bad weather right now. Wow. Yeah, it's really, really bad right now, but that's not going to stop anything.
0: Okay. Yeah, I went
1: on your site today, and uh, it's the one where you have a lot of people on there. They're doing a lot of blogging. They're doing some message boards. They're doing just pretty much everything. They're chatting. And I saw the thing that's jumped out to me is what you're trying to do is bring people together, and you're talking about love and i see this love better. Yeah. My question, yes, my question is what is it in you that's pushing you to help others to love better?
0: Well, for me, um i have always been the person in my circle of friends who they've always come to with their issues and concerns when it comes to relationships and it i just came to the conclusion that nobody desires to have a relationship that's falling apart or becoming locker room gossip and have people whispering I believe that everybody wants to love and in order to do that we have to learn to love better so that love is attracted to us and doesn't flee so that's that's our goal to teach people how to communicate and love better because communication is a large part of that and learn the process of just making yourself completely ready not just to love, but to be loved.
1: Right. You know, and and, and we were talking about you and your husband as a team. You guys do some beautiful things together. Yes. You know, how much better can marriage be when when we all learn to love better? You know how some people say, well, you know, I'm in a relationship. My my marriage is, is good, but a lot of times they really don't know how to love, really, really know how to pour out and love each other. Wow! Right. How much better would that marriage be if they learn how to love better?
0: Exactly. And that's, that's some of the things that, you know, I talk about on the website. The website you're referring to is thepluralthing.com, and we basically put that together as a continuation of the book, The Plural Thing, Spiritually Preparing for Your Soulmate. So when people read the book, they're not just, you know, left out there in the wind to maybe get it or maybe not get it, but they can come on to the website and interact with people, myself, my husband. And we're almost close to 300 people on the site right now, and I just believe that people are hungry for that. People are tired of being on the dating relationship hamster wheel, and they need the tools to show them, even if it's step by step, how to love better, how to have better relationships, and how to just prepare themselves for that.
2: Yes, yes. Well, you know, I think that's something that, you know, and I talk about how love is so universal. You know, tell us, what does love mean to you?
0: To me, love means being an open book. It means being ready to forgive to compromise and to communicate. There's so many different facets that go into the aspect of loving and loving better. That you know, if you avoid of the communication, if you avoid of the compromise, then the relationship you have is not going to last very long. So to me, that love encompasses all of that and more.
1: Mm. You said mm. a key word: forgive. Yes, and that's something that a lot of people don't know. How to do, and I've seen so many movies. I've seen the Tyler Perry movies. Uh, when people really learn how to forgive, they're able to go forward.
0: Exactly. But
1: it's something about people holding on to the pain. Why do you think people just don't want to forgive, and why is it that people just they have so much fun in and not forgiving and trying to get revenge on people? Why do people just not want to forgive?
0: I think that for the majority of people, they don't realize that forgiveness is a gift that they give themselves. It's not about the other person because so many times, you know, when we're holding a grudge or we're angry or we're resistant to forgiving, the person that we won't forgive has moved on, gone on with their life, possibly gotten married, had children, or somewhere being happy and they're still angry and upset at something that happened when they were 16 years old. I think when people learn that, you know, that's the gift that you give yourself and that it's not about saying, oh, it's okay what you did to me or how you hurt me or how you betrayed me. It's not saying that at all. It's just taking that situation, you learn from it, and you move on. Because any relationship you're in deserves for you to give it a clean slate bringing baggage into a relationship, is like the worst thing you can do. You might as well set that relationship on fire and watch it burn to the ground. You can't do that. And that's one of the things we teach the people who come on the site, and that's some of the things I touch on in the book too.
1: Awesome. That's powerful.
2: awesome, awesome. You know, I wanted to, uh, to ask a question about that because the one thing about uh, these new relationships that are built Based on past relationships, you know, and when I say that, I talk about the baggage that you bring into a new relationship. You know, when you're when you're trying to create a new relationship and all you have to go on is what you learned in those past relationships. Doesn't it become really difficult for you to, you know, to create, to love, to nurture and nurture each other in a new relationship? Because you you keep referring back to what's familiar, what's common, what's known.
0: Yeah, you do. And you really have to reach the point in yourself and realize that if you were with someone and they beat you or they hurt you or they cheated on you, then that wasn't love. See, we like to take that word love and you say that it's you so much, and it really is. We attach love to anything that we want to make seem pretty, but that's not what love is. Love doesn't cheat. Love doesn't hit. Love doesn't hurt. So it's a way a process you go through to just relearn that. And you tell yourself, well, I thought I loved him or I thought I loved her, but this is the way that I'm supposed to love. I'm supposed to go into it open. I'm supposed to be compromising. I'm supposed to be forgiving. And it's something that we have to learn. I mean, even if it takes you back to being a child, taking your first step, you have to learn to do it the right way and not rely on the wrong way that you know some people have probably done it all throughout every relationship they've had mhm you know uh,
1: there's so many women out there that are in um relationships that are just not good they they they're terrible uh, a lot of the women are being beaten a lot of them are just being verbally abused they're just taking so much yeah and for some reason i don't know what it is and i you know i've never been in that situation so it it's I don't want to say anything that will um, hurt anyone that's out there that's in that position. I'm sure that you've talked with a lot of people, and you and, and I think that you know exactly what to say to them, but these women really believe that the man that's beating them, for some reason I think they have that mistaken with love. And what yes. can they do to, to rid themselves of that situation?
0: Well, for me, what I teach people is, to Again, just you focus on the things that, that love is And when you talk about spiritually preparing We're talking about, you know, a biblical perspective Love is patient, love is kind So when you have all these adjectives that tell you what love is And describe what you can expect from love If the person isn't lining up to that Then you have to realize that it's not love Love doesn't, doesn't just surface and blanket a person Because of what they drive how much they make, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Maya Angelou has a quote that says, when people show you who they are, believe them. And so many times we don't. They show us who they are and we just write it off to, oh, he's having a bad day. Mm -hmm. Oh, she's PMSing. Oh, this and that. We can't. We have to hear what they're saying to us. We have to process that and we have to be willing to move on for our own well-being Mm, and that's
1: so true. That's so true. I, I, I love that. People really, really do show you themselves. There are flags. There are a lot of red flags out there.
0: Yeah.
1: And now, nowadays there's so many women and men that, that they're getting married now. And the ones that have friends and, and they don't have anybody that uh, they're dating that's serious. Sometimes I guess they create that clock in their mind okay this clock is ticking i need to get married all of my friends are married yes and i mean you ever run into that where women just get married for the wrong reason
0: exactly for for the gift registry for the flowers for you know the long walk down the aisle and like you're saying at the introduction of the show you know these marriages don't last a month two months six months they haven't even paid off, you know, the credit cards that they use to buy things and prepare for the wedding. I mean, people go into it for the wrong reasons. I mean, your clock ticking shouldn't be what's pushing you down, down the aisle with a man or a woman that you know little or nothing about. Mm-hmm. And so many times people come into relationships and marriages especially, and they aren't willing to compromise. That's absolutely needed in marriage, in all relationships. So there's certain things if you're not ready to do that then you should just assess that you're not really ready to get married.
2: Well, you know, but that's the thing. They you know, and I think this goes on both sides. You want the companionship, but you're not ready to fully commit to that person and I think that's where we run into so many issues because you want all the benefits but you're not willing to Sign up for the full membership, you know, for lack of a better better word.
0: Exactly.
2: And so, you know, in in this whole idea of how to love better, you know, I look at relationships as being not a two-sided thing where one person does one thing and one person does another thing and they try to complement each other because to me that becomes more of a competition of who can do the best job of making the other person happy. Right. You know, and when one person falls short, then the other person says, "Well, I did all this," and they start tallying up, and see that becomes problematic.
0: Okay. I look at a
2: relationship as being a one, a one-sided, two-dimen. Well, how do, how how am I looking for this word? I'm looking for a multi-dimensional type thing that's one-sided on both sides, so to speak, where it doesn't matter what this other person does because you're just doing what feels good to you for that person.
0: Okay. Am I,
2: am I, you understand what I mean?
0: I'm trying to grasp what you're okay. saying, let me, but let
2: I, me, kind, let me, I kind of get it. Yeah. Let me, let me, re- let me explain it again.
0: Okay. I look at
2: relationships as not being a thing where one person does one thing and the other person one, does one thing. I look at it being you selflessly give yourself to that person and meet their needs without looking for something in return. And if you get that thing in return, it's just understood that that person is doing it based on the fact that that's what they want to do for you and not the fact that you did something for them so they're doing something for you back.
0: Exactly. I get it. Okay. I get it. Yeah, great. I like that. Well, yeah, that goes back to the fact that I hear so many people saying, oh, relationships are 50-50, and it's not. It's 100-100 because you don't want somebody making half an effort. You know, you want uh, them giving their all, and you want to give your all. I mean, and that's basically what you were saying, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, just <laughs> you know, because, putting putting your whole self into it.
2: Yeah, you know, and and I mean, that's 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 the mindset that I have for relationships. You know, you give one hundred percent, they give one hundred percent, and even if they fall short, your one hundred percent was given with the, with the you know the notion that you're not looking for a hundred percent back. You know, you're not looking for the same thing you got back. You're looking to to give based out of what you believe you're supposed to give. See, I look at love as being not just a feeling, but it's an action.
0: Exactly, it is. It is. I mean, you're saying that, and I say that all the time. Yeah, love is an action word. Love does. Love is not just sitting there and, you know, just looking pretty, the red heart. It's more than that. It's giving. It's compromising. It's complimenting it's all of that together, rolled into one.
1: Mm. Right.
0: You know, now, I'll, I'll,
1: in saying
2: that, it's easier said than done because oh, when yeah. you do give yourself to someone and they don't give it themselves back to you, you know, you feel slighted. I mean, your, your flesh, your, you know, human side of you says, well, I did this out of love and look how I was treated. So how do, you, how do you get to the point where you're not really looking for anything in return and you just do it selflessly?
0: Well, I think, I think you get to that point. Um, well, going into the relationship, and this is what I talk to a lot of women about and some men too, um, you have to know who you're in a relationship with. I mean, you don't move forward if you don't believe that this is the person who has the same mindset that you do when it comes to relationships, somebody who's going to give 100, and you can expect that back from them. And like you said, it might not be the tip the pat, I did this and you did that, but more so they want to make you happy so that they do loving gestures and things for you. You just have to make sure that going into the relationship, that's what you have. That's the type of person that you have. And also, when lines of communication are open, you can always sit down and Talk about things like that. Communication is just so very important, but you wouldn't realize the amount of people who can't sit down and broach a variety of subjects with the person that they say they're in love with or they believe that love them. Wow. Yeah, communication is key. It is the absolute key. What about people
1: that, you know, when a man and a woman is together and they get married, and we see a lot of people that are not like-minded, and I, and I look at that as a person that their yokes are unequal. Yeah. We know what happens when those yokes are unequal. It's just yes. not going to work.
0: Exactly.
1: And you see so many people that, because of the sake of uh, comfortable, they'll stay in a relationship or they'll stay in a marriage and not really work at making it work, but just because they're um, so used to being with one another, even though it's fighting and all of that stuff going on, they won't leave or, and the situation just gets worse and worse and worse. What what do you suggest that people do as far as trying to make that relationship work?
0: Well, in a situation like that, it's kind of hard to say because you're going into a relationship that seems like it wasn't on one accord to begin with and, you know, Marriage is work. I'm married. I work at it every day and it's like I know I'm in the relationship with the person that I'm supposed to be in a relationship with. So if you're in a relationship with somebody who, you know, doesn't line up to your thinking, that's just bringing extra work into a marriage or a covenant that's already work to begin with. So it's kind of like It's almost like buyer's remorse, I guess. You know, you walk down the aisle with them and now you're kind of stuck with what you have because if that person is not willing to give you 100%, then they're probably also not going to be willing to um, communicate and be open to hearing feedback as well. Mm -hmm. So the the important thing, sorry to cut you off, the important thing is you have to know who you're getting into a relationship with, and you have to make sure that you yourself are rooted and grounded. You know your self-esteem intact, so that you're not drawing all kinds of people to you that don't necessarily compliment you, just for the sake of saying that you have someone.
1: Mm. You know, I was gonna, I was going to say, what about the, the girls that are out there, and, and you know they wanna they want to be married. But are they really ready for a real man?
0: Hmm.
1: You know, we hear we hear women say, "I want a man. I want a. I, I don't want just any old man. I want a real man." Right. But the company that a lot of these women keep—and please don't take this wrong. I'm not bashing anybody—but the company that a lot of women keep—the the gossipers, the ones that gossip, and the ones that don't have a man that's same, that's always giving their advice about something that they really shouldn't be giving their advice on. And you're talking to a woman that's married. Right. You know, how can that woman that's married um, get away from that surrounding, the, the the people that she's associating with? Because a lot of times what happens is they give out wrong information. Mm-hmm. They're sometimes jealous because this woman is married and she's got a husband and a home and all of this stuff. Right. And, and it just seems like, why don't you get it that these people are telling you the wrong thing to destroy your marriage? And, and that can be the same thing with the men, too, now.
0: Exactly. It, it mm-hmm. goes
1: both ways. It, you know. I guess what I'm saying is the associates that both parties are dealing with, they need to, I guess, once they get married, they need to change that, I, I would think. Yes. Yeah, I guess they need to change their, their, their setting, their environment, so that they can really make it work.
0: Yeah, I mean, because a marriage is a covenant. That's something that you have to protect. You have to basically have, you know, spiritual, and sometimes it's necessary to have a natural hedge around that so that nothing infiltrates the covenant and, you know, causes a rift or a breakup. Like you said, people who are jealous, All sorts of things. People have all different sorts of motives, and you can't always be sure about people's motives, sometimes until after it's too late. So, yeah, the first thing is your marriage, your spouse. That's the covenant. That's the thing you need to hide, guard, and protect. And if it means, you know, cutting off a few wayward branches on the vines of people that you call friends, then that's what you have to do. Mm. Wow. I mean that's what that's
2: what I had to do. So <laughs> you know, and it it's funny you say that because I've learned that myself. Yeah. That um, you know, once I got married, there were some friends that I just couldn't hang around anymore. And I'd uh-huh. see them, and they say, "Hey, man, let's go do this," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> you know, they hey, man, I'm going to see this, honey. You know, you want to tag along? I, right. I, she got a friend, and I'm like, dude, I'm married. You know. <laughs> And it's, it's like, facts. oh, no, it ain't like that. I just need a wing, man. It's like, uh, these wings have been clipped, bro, <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's uh-uh, right. I'm,
2: I'm, you know, I'm not single anymore. I'm married, and so I'm mm-hmm. not even looking to be single again, you know? And it's yeah. sort of like you have to get away from those type people and those type friends that yeah. will put you in those situations where you do compromise your values, your morals, you know, your moral compass, you know, and that when that moral compass is, you know, being, you know, pointed in the wrong direction, you know, you got to stop and say, hey, is this really a friend?
0: Exactly. Exactly. And like I said, you have to protect the covenant at all costs. I mean, and even if you decided, hey, well, I want to go and I'm just going and he's going to talk to this woman and I'm just going to be there making small talk with her friend, I mean, someone can see you, you know, and then word gets back and it's blown all out of proportion. So, yeah, you're right. You really have to sometimes just cut those wayward branches and find. I mean, because it's preserved the marriage at all costs. That's what Mm -hmm. the covenant is about. God has entrusted you to her and her to you, and that's what you're responsible for. And sometimes, you know, people's feelings are going to be hurt, but it can't be helped. I mean, in my situation, it can't be helped because I'm not going to apologize for safeguarding my marriage. Mm -hmm. I mean... It's all in how important it is to you,
1: mm, and that's so true. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, we I we don't want to be a statistic, so that's what we do. <laughs> yes, yeah.
1: it, it, it takes it's, it's a lot of work. It's hard work, but it's beautiful okay. work too. I, I okay. wanted to ask you: there's so many women out there. I think, gosh, it's a high, high percentage of the women that come on our show that we've talked to over the past couple of years. I, I want to say close to ninety six ninety seven percent of the women that come on our show, a lot of them are dealing with issues as far as being molested and raped at some point when they were little mm-hmm. or when they were in their teen years, and they carry that over into their relationships with men, and a lot of these women are single. Do you think yeah. because of the ugliness that happened to them that they can't get past that they That they can't trust the man enough to really, really let allow this man to love them. And I'll say this, and I'll let you answer the question. I I I did a speech on Oprah Winfrey, and I wanted to know myself why won't she ever be married? She was molested and raped too. So I was trying to tie those things together to try to come up with an answer. And it's it's something serious going on in the minds of of. The people that were raped and molested, and we had this one lady on, and she said, "There's just no way that she could do it." Right. What? Where, where is? The, where should the healing begin, and how do they learn how to forgive?
0: Well, the thing is, is that I mean, it doesn't. It depends on. Well, it doesn't necessarily depend on the age. Um, sometimes it happens when they're young. You know, you can be raped at any time, any age. But I think that in situations like that where the hurt is so deep and a trust is violated, counseling is key. Counseling is key. You need to sit down and talk with someone about that because just hiding it, trying to pretend that it didn't happen or push it far down inside of you, it's still not gone. Mm -hmm. It's going to resurface at times that you don't want it to resurface and it does have the potential to ruin any relationship that you find yourself trying to build or marriage. Even if you make it down the aisle, it can tear that apart if it's not something that you have dealt with and talked to people about. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's key. Um, my major was psychology, and counseling relationships was my... my um, What's the word? By specialty. And I think that that's needed. People need to be able to sit down and talk about things that have happened to them like that because they're life-altering, life-changing. And you will not be able to get past it just by, like I said, pretending it didn't happen. So that's the first thing I would suggest to anybody who finds themselves in that kind of situation. Counseling is not a bad word they have all types of counselors male female you sit down you talk get it out in the open because it will eat away at you and it will ruin anything that you try and build
2: yeah you know and i and you know i think when you look at the other side of that men who have been through those type of uh things you know whether it be molestation rape what have you you think that they tend to be you know, angry about what happened to them, and thus because they, that happened to them, they they tend to not want to commit in relationships. You know, because I, I would I would think it would be the same. I would think it would be the same for men who have gone through that that it is for women.
0: Oh yes, definitely, definitely. And I know a few men, you know, who were molested by a male uncle or a father, and. That does something to, you know, the male psyche, um, making them feel or have thoughts about themselves, maybe, you know, homosexual-wise or bisexual-wise, and it does present issues with dealing with women. I mean, I personally know men who have had things like that happen to them, and women too, and like you said... Year after year after year, it seems like any relationship they try and build falls apart because when the other person gets too close, it's like, well, I can't let you know this about me. I can't let you know this happened. I can't let you go past this point because this is my wall. And the wall won't come down unless you're willing to talk about it with somebody.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. Why 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 do you think it is that people are so afraid of going to counseling? Do, do you think that they believe that this skeleton that they have in the closet will will come out and the other side will know and the relationship will just be over? or, or what? I, I don't understand. What is it about us that we're so afraid of going to um, counseling for help?
0: Uh, I just think that sometimes people, well, I know when I was growing up I was taught, oh, Um, Family business stays in the family. Don't talk about what goes on in the house. And, you know, people just become so protective of the things that they've experienced and the things that uh, they go through. And then you also have people who confuse psychology, seeing a psychiatrist, with seeing a psychologist. So, you know, some people think, oh, if you see a psychologist, you're crazy. But neither is the case. You're just sitting down talking with someone who's a professional who can listen to you, help you process the things that you're trying to get through and move beyond in your in your life?
1: And that's true. That's true. We we hear uh, people talking all the time. If and I've heard women and I've heard men say this too. If I catch my wife or if I catch my husband doing this, the relationship, the marriage is over. Right what happened to doing everything that you can to uh preserve that marriage um is it so much that the things that happen they take it so personal that they forget about the vows and they forget about the ups and downs in the marriage because none of us are perfect do you think that there's just this this ego thing has gotten in the way and they can't really stand it
0: yeah i think that you know a lot of times we don't take marriage seriously and I think that that's it in a nutshell so many times people that I've seen treat a marriage like they treat you know a dating relationship oh I'm dating you today and next year I'm going to date him so they just they're just so ready to basically trade their partner in and like I said they don't realize it's work it's work going into it and then you have women and men too who get together and they talk and they hear what their friends and peers say, oh, well, if my husband did that to me, I would this and I would that. And sometimes they feel, what's the word? They might feel embarrassed Mm -hmm. for their friends to find out, oh, he cheated on you and you're still there. Mm He cheated on you and you're still there. And that's why it's so important to keep people out of your relationship. You know, your relationship is between you and your spouse or you and your dating partner if you're not married. And all that extracurricular chatting and discussing what goes on in your relationship is unnecessary because that's what it does. It breeds contempt and have people jealous of what you have. And when in the same situation, I've just found that sometimes people don't take their own advice. So they would tell you, leave your husband, but their husband has done worse, and they wouldn't leave him. Mm.
2: You know, I was just, I mean, and you answered my question, so I'm going to ask another one,
0: but I was just going to
2: ask you about that. What about the people who don't take their own advice, you know, but what about folks who really
1: We may have lost Brian, but oh, okay. Uh, you know, we, we were. I, I was talking earlier about the the women that were the men that are just giving the bad advice, and mm-hmm. they're saying all these things. Well, I wouldn't take this, or I wouldn't take that, and yeah. I wouldn't do this. You know, if if they were truly a friend, if they were truly a friend, they would sit them down and say, "Well, okay, well, what is it that you want to do?" They would. They, exactly. The advice that they would give is something that's positive, and, and, and saying, "Okay, this may have happened, um, but remember your vows. Remember that God is in control of this, and you can, there, exactly. there's nothing that you can't overcome. If you don't okay. have people speaking that into your life and into your marriage or whatever, you you know should they just get away from the people and just cut them off?
0: Yeah, I would. I would. I absolutely would. And I think that all married couples should have another couple, whether you call them a mentor or who, whatever you want to call them, but somebody whose who's life is lining up to the life that they want to have or that they're striving to have so that when you have issues, you know, you have a male and female couple that you can go to and discuss things with because sometimes you do need to share and talk about you know, what's going on in the relationship, but I wouldn't just open up to any and everybody, and that's what a lot of people do. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. what I was going to
2: say also. You know, it's not like you want to just come out and see this particular group and say, hey, I want this, but, you know, my husband's that or my wife is this, yeah. because, you know, experience should tell you that some people will tell your business, you know.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. And yeah. I remember
2: being in a place where... um it was actually um a church where there were no secrets. And sometimes, you know, there was there were things that came from the pulpit that were private
0: wow. to some people,
2: but the pastor was like there are no secrets. And I was like, Whoa You know, and, and to me that kind of deterred, I believe, in my opinion, a lot of people who may have had some real issues that they didn't want everybody knowing about. So you do have to be really, really careful who you share, you know, your personal information or who you look to as a mentor, you know, you want to try to find someone, in, in my opinion, that that really exemplifies, you know, a lot of the qualities that you have.
0: Exactly.
2: And also, you, want to, you don't want to just go right to them. I think, you know, personally, I think you want to just sort of watch them to see how they act, to see how they oh, yeah. react. I agree. You know, and if you have to, bait them. You know, I mean, and, tell them something, even if it ain't true.
0: <laughs> See what somebody
2: else finds out about it.
0: Exactly. If people start talking about it, then mm-hmm. you know, right. Yeah. I agree. I agree. You definitely need to have people on your radar that you can talk to. But, yeah, I would watch them first, too, before I just go and put my business out there like that. Okay. But so many, so many people don't do that, and that's the unfortunate thing about relationships.
1: <laughs> you know, I wanted to ask you about the game We hear it so much, uh, the women and men We we hear it so much that it's all a game No, it's not It's not a game when you're dealing with someone's heart
0: Exactly you, and,
1: and, and women, they'll, they'll get together and they'll talk They talk about this kind of stuff Men, we don't talk about this We can't talk to each other about a lot of this stuff because the first thing another man is going to think, what you talking to me about what's going on in your home? Mm. Be a man. You take care of that. That's women, interesting. Yeah, but but women can call each other and say, you know what, my husband did this. And that woman will, will say really quick, okay, this is how you deal with that. Or I wouldn't have did it that way. I would do it this way.
0: Right. And it's
1: almost as if it's a one-sided thing. It's a lot of manipulation going on. It can go on from both sides. But that that, that word, the game, is, is part of the game. You know, do you think people need to get that mentality out of their mind before they're even thinking about getting married?
0: Yes, they do. And I think that that's the whole process of preparing yourself for marriage because, like I tell people, if you want, you know, I hear so many people say, I want the one, I want the person that God has for me, and they list you know, pages of all these qualities and check off things that they want this person to possess. But the bottom line is if you expect God's best for you, then you have to be God's best for someone else. So we have to work on ourselves, and that's where it starts. You know, get yourself together. You know, grow your confidence if that's what you need to do. Build your self-esteem, you know, and when you love you, then somebody else will too.
2: Wow! Absolutely.
0: That's so true. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's not, it, sounds, it, sounds, it sounds so simple, but you know, sometimes you it, it's just you see things that make you wonder if you know people even think about that before they get into a relationship.
1: A lot of times they don't. A lot of times right. it's all about what is this? What does this guy have? And I heard you say earlier, uh, this is, is it the car? Is it the money? Is it the attention that I'm getting because I'm with this man, and they can actually what? care less about the man.
0: Exactly. Or
1: that man is doing the same thing, or this woman, is, is she's going places, I can do this, I can do that. And we know times are hard. Times are hard. Two, two salaries is better than one. But it's more than that. It, marriage and, and love is so much more than that. And by watching television and everything that we're seeing now, that's not they're not really showing what true love is.
0: Exactly.
1: And in our teens. Um, with the domestic violence, the, the kids now are very violent to each other and, and you have a lot of same sex people dating. That's something that I want to get in and, and you know, run to get your opinion or to get your view on. Why is why is that happening right now? Um, and I know it's a hard question with with the, the girls dating the girls and the boys dating the boys, what, what in the world happened?
0: I don't know. It just sounds like mass confusion to me, and I think people have just lost sight of the way it's supposed to be, and uh, so many of them have lost sight of their self based on things that they may have seen going on in their own household. Um the lack of love and commitment, you know, their mother might have to their father or one or the other parent not being there. There's so many things that um, lead to people just being totally confused and then they're foisted out there in the world and they're trying to make sense of everything that's going on and they can't because they have no roots, they have no foundation. And that's, that's the absolute key. I mean... You have girls who, you know, their mother was a mistress and they go out there and they date married men and they become the same thing that their mother is and same thing with the boys. We have to set an example. And when my husband and I um, put the retreats and the information on the website, that's our goal, not just to help the single people, find somebody and not just to keep couples together but to keep families together because when a couple falls apart if they have children their children suffer so mm-hmm. that's what we're taking account taking into account too when we're doing our relationship seminars and online chats and all of that i mean the children suffer too so a lot of it stems from what goes on directly in the household you can definitely more than likely um, uh, trace it back to that.
2: You know, I, I think also it that what they see outside of their home, the environment that they're around also plays a key factor. I mean, you could have the perfect home, but if the environment that they're in outside of the home is not conducive to healthy relationships, then they can fall victims to that as well. Right. You know, I can remember... Uh, some youth that, you know, had both parents in the home, parents talked to them all the time, but it was the other kids that they hung with because they wanted to feel popular, they wanted to be with the end crowd, and then they got sucked into negative relationships and negative things, you know, and then once they, you know, tried to get themselves straightened out, they they realized that, hey, you know, the reason I got caught up in this was because I was trying to be someone who I wasn't. Right. You know, and so I, I think a lot of times, you have these you have these situations where they get caught up in these negative relationships and they get caught up in these negative things that go on because of the company that they keep. You know, and I know you alluded to that earlier about the company you keep with your relationships, you know, that you may have to cut some people off and so forth. But what about when you're just starting a relationship and you're trying to know that person and maybe that person is not the right person for you, but you really don't know what you're supposed to have.
0: Hmm. Well, I think if you don't know what you're supposed to have, you need to kind of evaluate what you want. And I find that a lot of people go into relationships expecting someone else to fulfill their desires and things that they want, but they themselves don't know what they want. Mm -hmm. I talk to women about that so much. It's like, you know, they can want... You know, a tall, dark man on Monday, and by Wednesday, you know they'll take anything. You can't, you know, kind of <laughs> waffle back and forth. You know, know yeah. what you want, so that when it comes, you'll say, "That's it."
1: You know what? I, I, I want to ask you this question. It's funny, but it's but it's true. Why do women think that we're supposed to read their minds? Why? Why? Why do? We... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I guess i have had some humor to the interview. But I'm serious. How? Why? How are we supposed to know what you're thinking when you change it so much? Now, not you, Linda, but why is it? Why? Why is that? How, we can't. We just can't do that.
0: Hmm. Well, I think that um, you're supposed to read our minds. No, 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 seriously. I think that um, it all all boils down to communication. And you're right, a man can't read a woman's mind. She has to open up, be willing to communicate her needs, just like, you know, she expects a man to do the same thing. But a lot of times, you know, some men don't open up. They don't want to talk about relationships. They don't want to talk about feelings. They don't want to talk about love. So then some women don't want to talk about it because the man won't say it first or, you know, whatever the case may be. But I think that as long as you have a relationship where the two people can communicate, you should be able to do anything. Communication is the absolute key. Mm-hmm. If you can communicate and talk with your partner, you should be able to work through anything. It's when you get to the point where you can't talk and have a civil conversation that it's a, it's, you might as well say, it's a wrap. Because without communication, what do you have?
1: Absolutely nothing.
0: Absolutely
2: yeah. nothing. Yeah. Well, let me ask one more question. Well, first, um, I want to say that we've got about 10 minutes left in the show. We want to give you ample time to talk about your books and the, the business ventures that you're embarking into and some of the other things you have going on. But I want to ask this question. You know, What about the people who are working towards their relationship, you know, they they know what they want, they're with the person they want to be with, but they don't really know how to put it together.
0: Okay. No. They, know, they know where they're going, they know what they want, mm-hmm. and they're just trying to, what, put the person that they found together with what they want?
2: Well, no. They... There's two people.
0: Okay. They know
2: that they want a better relationship. They want, you know, they they got their minds right. They're working towards getting a better relationship with each other. But they don't really have all the tools. Like maybe they don't have the communication skills to talk, you know. Because, I mean, I run into this a lot with people. And they'll say, well, when I try to talk to my wife or when I try to talk to my husband, they don't want to listen, you know, or they're not, or if we start to argue and they just shut down, you know.
0: Exactly. Okay.
2: You know, what, but they've decided that they want to work at this thing called love and relationship building, you know, where should they start?
0: Uh, I think the first thing, like I said, communication is the key, but like you said, if they They try to communicate, and the partner won't listen, but they both feel we do want to work on this relationship, and the first thing they need to work on is being approachable. I think so many of us want love deep down on the inside, but our armor and past experiences help us build these walls up, and we become short with our words and things that we say just come off the wrong way. So if you have a relationship and you do want to work on it, you want to make it better... Be approachable. Be approachable to your spouse or your significant other so that you can broach the subject of how are we going to do this? What do, where, where do we see ourselves going? And then you just practice communicating, being a good listener, because listening is part of communication, and you stop sabotaging your relationship. So many people do that by not doing the first thing, which is being approachable. I think being approachable is the first thing you need to do. Create an environment so that your spouse feels that they can come to you with what their concerns are. Or if they have something, you know, that's heavy on them that they, they would like to discuss, be approachable. Be approachable. Yeah. That's what I would say.
1: Okay. I like that. Your books. Let's talk about your books.
0: Well, I have um, seven fiction books. Um I think a lot of them are probably out of print. Right now, what I did is I started my own multimedia company, Princess Dominique Multimedia, and I launched that with the plural thing, spiritually preparing for your soulmate, because I kind of wanted to focus on the nonfiction aspect of writing, and I wanted to help people just learn how to love better and you know give themselves a fresh start when it comes to relationships. So... Um, I've been promoting that book, I've been promoting the website, thepluralthing.com, I've been doing interviews, I've been writing articles, Google me. I mean, oh, yeah. I've, been do- I've been doing a whole lot, a whole lot, because I really, really want to help people. And my husband is with me now and he wants to help people too, you know, because you can't just help the the woman and not assist the man, so we're doing both. and. We're trying to bring people together so they know that, you know, love is not just limited to the movies and the flowery greeting cards that people in real life that you and me both know can have relationships that are meaningful and relationships that last.
1: Yes. And what about your classes that you have, that you offer, workshops, seminars?
0: Yeah, I do. We have a weekend retreat that we do for singles and for couples, And we basically have communication exercises and just tools to basically um, strengthen relationships and for the single people, just prepare them, strengthen themselves so that when they come face-to-face with the possibility of a relationship, that they're in the state of mind that they can make a wise and very just decision about that. So it's it's pretty fun. The one we did last year was actually um, in a camping setting. So we were out there for the weekend, and we were camping the tents and the whole nine, and people were just really open and honest about relationships. Um, we had men that came out, and it surprised me that they were so open when it came to relationships, just talking about it and putting their feelings out there. So people do want love. I just think that once they can... Lower the walls and put down the armor. That it will get to the point where people can can love better, and you'll see the evidence in that by how they engage each other. Mhm. 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 Mm-hmm. Wow. Um,
2: I have a question about um responsibility, and this is a Huge thing in relationships. Whose responsibility is it to make sure that the relationship is growing?
0: Well, I would say that it's the responsibility of both people in the relationship. Yes.
2: You know, and the reason I ask that question is because you, you always hear about the person that's saying, You're not meeting my needs. Mm-hmm. You know, you always hear them say, well, you're not doing the things that you used to do or you're slacking off. And, you know, my notion was all had always been, well, they didn't just start slacking off. So, you know, if they were doing that and that was something that you expected them to continue doing, you know, then you should have been vocalizing that way before you let it get to a point where now you're angry about the fact that you – you know, may not be getting those long walks in the park that you used to get, you know.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and I I think that, you know, when you let it get to the point where it starts to offend you or bother you that it's a problem, I think you have to, like you said, approach it when you see that, wow, well, he used to bring me flowers every day, but he's not anymore, and it's not, I I wouldn't broach the subject by saying, well, you don't bring me flowers anymore, Rather say something like, you know, you know, I always love it when you brought me flowers. And, you know, I think when you come off in an accusatory tone, it makes the other person defensive. So I think that, you know, it's just about communicating and learn how to communicate and not waiting until things get so drastic to, you know, blow up about it or make a big deal about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Well, Linda, I want you to give out your contact information for uh, people out there in our listening land that may want to contact you based on you know our conversation tonight, or some something else that you they may have heard you say or do, or if they want to get your book, or maybe they want speaking engagements, what have you. Give us sure, all the information sure. that you have.
0: Yes, I have several websites, but I will give you the plural dot com, and you can. Contact me there or through my email address, and I will give you that because it's wide open. I think it's on the web, too, Um, princesschick, C-H-I-C-K, at gmail.com. They can contact me by email or through the website. If you log on to the website, you can order the book there through amazon.com, or you can click to order an autograph copy, and I will sign that for you. Mm.
2: That's awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, you know, Greg, I have some closing thoughts, and we had not done this in a while, but I I just want to say to those out there, in order to love better, you're going to have to live better. You know, you're going to have to think better. You're going to have to act better. You know, you're going to have to do better. You know, when I I talk with the, the youth at my church, and even when I talk to my children, I always tell them to do better, you know, and I want to say right now, I want everybody to, uh, you know, just send their prayers to my son who had a very horrific accident yesterday. You know, he tore up his knee pretty bad and he's looking at me earlier today, you know, they got him in the knee brace, he got all stitched up and he's not having a good time right now. So, you know, just send your prayers out to him for me, you know, and, you know, If you want to send me an email, shout out. You can do that as well. You know, hit me up on Facebook. And also, if you have questions about the show, you know, after the show you want to ask some questions, maybe you weren't ready to come on and talk about it, let us know. Just hit us up on Facebook. And with that being said, you've been listening to the Abundance Solutions Hour. We thank you for joining us, and we ask you to join us again on Wednesday night as we'll have another wonderful and exciting show. Good evening to you all, and God bless you.